Okay, so welcome to Untranslated Islam, where we bring points of benefit from sources that have never been translated into English with a goal of applying them to our lives, both you and I. This is your brother, Ben Yusuf, and today we're going to continue on with the series that we were covering before. And we took a break because sometimes we need to give an honesty. I'll say this. I always tell my students, and I'm an English teacher on my other time, and I always tell my students whether I'm teaching in uh, in middle school or I'm teaching in high school, sometimes even when I sub for, for elementary school, remember anything that I put or that I bring or introduce to you guys, remember it because I'm bringing it for a reason, okay? So we have been going through the whole situation of the Tibian and how or the adab or the etiquettes of the person who holds the Quran. We were extracting from that different things to help us fill the Quran. I took a pause and we jumped into Ida Ja'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'
tears pouring. Okay, so I shouldn't say like a baby because the baby screams, doesn't he? But it, 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 just tears pouring, pouring. Okay, so the whole point is is that that this is something that's commendable and honorable. As a matter of fact, it's a hadith, and I didn't bring the hadith where the Prophet Sallallahu said that two people are guaranteed to not have the hellfire touch him. The what are two are two liquids. Uh, that will save people the liquid of blood that's poured from somebody who's fighting in the cause of Allah and then the liquid of tears uh, that come from a person who's crying for the sake of Allah okay and that's not the wording of the hadith exactly but that's the meaning of the hadith came out called sallallahu alayhi wasallam okay so the whole point is is um <clears throat> so we dealt with the situation of crying and now we're going to deal with the situation of how you should recite in order to reach these goals okay so this is going to be two different chapters which we're going to cover at two different uh, in two different settings uh the first chapter and like i said this is from tibian so the first one is what's called or the ruling on tortil now tortil you guys who who memorized uh, uh who memorized uh jews tabarak okay You've memorized already Surah Muzammil, huh? And Allah Jalla says to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Okay? He says, the Quran with tartil. What is this tartil? There are two different understandings and meanings that, that are implied in this. The first is that you recite it at a decent, steady pace. You don't go all fast. You have to respect the Quran. And so part of respecting the Quran is as the Prophet ﷺ was described, that he would recite his Quran, Muratilan, and he would take his time, he would pause between each ayah, and like this. So it's not, it's not, okay, you, you guys have heard the people who do Majawid, where they go, Bismillah, like, like Abdul Basid, Abdul Samin. No, we're not talking about like that either. That's Mujawid. That's fine. Sheikh Al-Bani, I remember him saying all reciters, all reciters, he said every type of recitation of Quran that I've heard is beautiful and I agree with it. He said except the situation where those people gather around a person and he's reciting the Quran, which is beautiful. The way he's reciting is fine. He said, but then uh, he does something that's amazing and then all the people say, Hello, hello. I said it like that because that's literally how he said it and I was, I had to laugh because he did, he was an older man when he did it. So he literally sounded exactly like the people that be around those sittings. And they were, And I was like, yo, that's funny. The shake is funny. Um, uh, but he was, he was dead serious. But that's why I was, it was, I had to smile because I was like, yo, he sounded just like it when he did it. The whole point is, is that that reaction, not the Quran itself, but that reaction, then he said that it's uh he he said is is ayat in the Quran where Allah says uh uh where 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 the kufar say let tasma'u the Quran walghofihi he said that the Allah said that the kufar say don't listen to the Quran walghofi so of course it's not about not listen to the Quran but it's walghofihi which is to put sounds in to make sounds that will distract people from just listening to Quran by itself okay. Uh, so the point is, is that he said he fears that 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 would be considered as part of as part of that because all that noise and stuff distracts some people from being able to appreciate the Quran because you know. So the whole point is that all types of Quran recitation is good, all right. And each one is in a situation when you're doing marajia. Sometimes you do have to do it quick. So you'll go to the kutabs or the Quran recitator, uh, uh, recitation schools, and sometimes you'll hear them doing it quick. Why? Because they're doing marajia 
or sometimes the person has to do that marajah a review so that they can stand with it and take their time at nighttime so they'll do a review of two juice so that's 40 pages they might have to do that in an hour hour and a half because they don't have much time during the day but they're going to recite that two juice taking their time at nighttime and it might take them two hours to do it at nighttime but it'll take them 40 minutes to recite it or half an hour even though to go over it during the day so all types of quran recitation is good but when you're standing in salah then the most recommended is a tartil, which is that mid with everything the Prophet was in the in the middle. And we are the Ummah and Wasata. We are the middle nation. So everything that we do, we try to find that middle way, not too far this way, not too far that way. So when we standing with Salah, reciting Quran, how much more do we have to make sure of that? Okay. So the Prophet was described of having tartil in his recitation. He took his time. Bismillahirrahman. I'm not saying how he recited. I'm talking about space. Bismillahirrahman rahim Pause. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Okay. And he will recite it, of course, with a beautiful voice, but he will pause, he said, between each ayah and he will give contemplation. And we're going, we're going to go through all the, all the different hadith about what he would do and how he would do. But this is the idea of tartil, deep contemplation and reciting at a medium pace. All right. All right. Wayambehi. And you taratil and wayambari and you ratil kiraatahu wakadi tefakal ulama rodilahu anhum ala istihbab tartil. Okay, so it's possible, it's proper or suitable that a person makes tartil, which is a slow pace or uh, uh, a medium pace with contemplation. Okay, I'm going to say that over and over again. Tartil, and that's what I want you to think of. Tartil is a medium pace with contemplation, with deep contemplation. All right, so all of the ulama agree, or the scholars agree, that this is something that's beloved, okay? Allahu Jalla wa'ala said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَرَدْتِلِ الْقُرْآنَ تَرْتِيلًا All right, so Allah used this word in the Qur'an. وَثَبَتَ عَنْ أُمْ سَلَمَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهَا أَنَّهَا أَنَّهَا نَعَتَتْ Qira'at Rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam That the, the, the Umm Salama Which is one of the wives of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam She described the, the, the recitation of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Saying Qira'atan mufassaratan Harfan harfan Okay So it was it was a recitation That as he explained it Or as he recited It was as if he was explaining something to you like, you know, like when you take in your time and you're explaining something in the same way as he talked. And when he talked, he would say things three times and make sure people got it. When he recited, people learned the Quran just from hearing him in Salah or talking about it in the khutbah. There are people, sahabas who said, I learned this and I didn't learn it from anywhere except from the tongue of the Prophet ﷺ. Reciting it in Quran Salah or in a khutbah because of how clear and beautiful and perfect that he would say it. So mufassaran harfan harfan means letter by letter. And this is al-itqan, okay? So you have to make sure that you pronounce everything. You can't say Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Of course, according to your ability of tajweed and according to your ability of uh, of uh, being able to pronunciate or makhadij. So the whole point is everyone's going to be different. I'm raised American. So I understand the difficulty. Oh man, I watched the Russian brothers and they have a heavy tongue and it's so tall, hard for them to and they have to just take the time and do it over and over and over again. The Frenchies, they say Bismillahirrahman and they like, like that. So each person is going to be a little different. You get it to the best of your ability, but you're sincere. Well, what you do, you recite it at a slow, at a medium pace. 
and with deep contemplation. Tartil. All right. Rawahu Ibn Dawood and Asadi and Tirmidhi. And Tirmidhi said that this was Sahih. So in the three book, three books of, uh, of hadith that this hadith came from, from, from Umm Salama. Okay. Continuing on. Uh, this is from Abdullah ibn Mughaffal. Uh, radiallahu an called, Ra'aytu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yawma fathi Mecca ala naqati. And this is now, we just covered the whole thing about the opening of Mecca and the victory of Mecca in our last two or three sittings. And now this is another point of that for you to tie into when you think about that, when you recite either jad sallallahu alayhi listen to the humility of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Okay? On the day, of Yom Fetah, he said, I saw him ala naqatihi. He was on his camel coming in, yakra'a surat al-Fetah. And he was reciting surat al-Fetah. Okay? And this fat is the other one. Inna fatahna laka fatham mubina. Uh, or Allahu Jalla wa'ala says, verily we opened up for you or gave you a victory that was a victory that was clear. Okay? And it's very, it was very clear. Everybody knew to get down. No fighting, no blood spill, nothing. And he was praising Allah for that. Well, you rajju fi qira'atihi. All right. Rawahu Bukhari wa Muslim. All right. So the Prophet taking his time, saying it over and over again. Uh, deep contemplation, no rush coming in. And another narration said that he has hair in like four braids or four, like those four, like kind of like braid type things, which shows this there's the Sunnah of the Prophet that you can have long hair, because he had long hair, put it into like four kind of like braid plait type things, and he was with his head bowed down, reciting Quran as he's coming in on his riding beast. Okay? So the humbleness of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Uh why well, Ibn Abbas, who's talking about Ibn Abbas, Rick realize how often you're going to hear Ibn Abbas's name, mashallah. Which is why again you guys have to go back and sit and listen to the episodes that we did on Surah Nasr, especially the last two. Um, and you'll understand why we're referring to all of this. Call, he said, Lian Akra Suratan Uratilwa Ahabu Ilaya Min and Akra al Quran Kulla. Major statement from Ibn Abbas. He said, It is more beloved to me that I recite one surah from the Quran. Bitartil, taking my time and having deep contemplation. He said, this is more more beloved to me than I will recite the whole Quran complete without any deep contemplation. That's so important because you're in no rush to get anywhere. When you're standing up at nighttime, you might have an idea. I wonder if, I'm telling you, it happens all the time. You have the idea, I'm going to get up and I'm going to finish up the, finish up the juice. And when you get up, you get stuck on an ayah. You might only get done three pages because in a third page, you got stuck on, or in a second page, you got stuck on some ayah and you just had to contemplate it. Just recite it and contemplate it. Do you go down to such, do you slam out, you get back up and you try to start at the top of that page and go through it and try to get through it and you get stuck on it again and just start contemplating until so you realize, all right, when I get back up the next sort of, next, the next rakah, I'm just going to go to the ayah after it. Because ain't no way I'm getting past the ayah. Then you get to the next ayah and you realize, wow, I never realized how that tied into that ayah. And you start contemplating again. And you used to recite the two guys together. I'm telling you, this is how it goes. You're in no rush is the point. The reason why he gave this to us, like he said, لِيَدَّبَّرُوا لِيَتَدَّبَّرُوا he literally says in Surah Al-Sawd, he sent this book down so that you give deep contemplation. So you're in no rush. 
Of course, you want to make sure that you get your stuff done, but you can do that during the day of making sure you finish it every 30 days or every however many days you do, 25 days or 40 days or every 15 days, whatever you do, you can do that between Fajr and, and sunrise. You can do that between Maghrib and Isha. When you stand in your Salah, you have the idea, of course, I'm going to do a juice tonight. I'm going to do two juice tonight. I'm going to finish with the bakr tonight. W whatever you do, okay? Each person is different. Some people, they most beloved surah, so the bakr. They finish it in two to four rakats. Whatever you do, all right? I watch my stepson. He finished sort uh, in Ramadan, and he ain't even know I was listening. I'm just walking past back and forth and doing what I got to do, and I'm listening. I'm like, okay, he's in, okay, he's in Nisa. Okay, he's finished Nisa. Okay, he's in Maida. Okay, wow, he finished May. I had to call his grandfather and say, yo, I think that your boy beat me out this time. I said, I've never done that. He finished up two of the long surahs in one night during, and during Ramadan in Salat. My whole point is, is based on what you do. Whatever you do, that's fine. But don't be shy that if something hits you or you feel it, that you stop and you contemplate. It's nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, it's commended based on this statement from Ibn Abbas. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, which was one of the, the tabi, I believe, uh, one of the students of either Ibn Abbas or, 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 um, or Ibn Mas'ud. I can't remember right now, but he's a tabi that used to give, uh, uh, tafsir. He was asked about two people. One of them recited Surah Al-Baqarah and Ali Imran, and the other one just recited Surah Al-Baqarah, uh, by itself. Uh, and so they said two people they were making salat same amount of time in their record same amount of time in their sujood same amount of time in their julus but one recited surah al-baqarah in the same amount of time it took for the other one to recite surah al-baqarah in the ali amran he said فَالَّذِي الَّذِي he said the one who recited Bakura by itself is better. Why? Because he understands from that that he took time and he was contemplating it, thinking about it deeply. And that's what he took from that. So the whole point is, is that the tortil gives you deeper time for contemplation and is closer to the Prophet's Sunnah. Okay? وَقَدْ نُهِيَ عَنِ فِي الْإِسْرَاعِ Okay? And he said that, and it's been forbidden to... Go too fast when you're reciting the Quran, and it's called Al Hadramah. Okay. Thabta an Abdul an Abdullah ibn Mas'ud an Rajulan qala lahu inni akra al Mufassal fi rakatin wahid a wahida. The qala Abdullah ibn Mas'ud hakatha hakatha shir. Ibn Mas'ud, we know who he is now, right? Ibn Mas'ud, one of the one of the explanations of the Quran that. Uh, a person, a man said to him, I recite the whole Mufassal. The whole Mufassal, that's from Surat Ahqaf, uh, 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 not Ahqaf, but like from Surat Qaf, Surat Qaf, Ahqaf is a little after that. From Surat Qaf all the way down to the end of the Quran. So that's about seven Jews, about seven, about seven parts of the Quran. Seven times 20, uh, uh, seven to 10 to seven. So that's 140 pages. He said, I recite all of that in one rakah. So Ibn Abbas responded to him and said, 
what you what you think this is poetry or something? What do you think this is, is the poetry competition? Like, what are you saying that quick for? You think it's just just to say, you're just doing it because it sounds cute? Because each one said in 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 ah eh in like is that what you're doing it for? For the rhythm of it? For the fun of it? Huh? And then he said, He said, understand that there are people, the Prophet taught us that there are going to be people who recite the Quran and it doesn't go past their uh, their collarbone, their clavicle, I think it's called. Their collarbone. Or in other words, it don't go up to Allah nowhere. It's, it's, just, it's just of no benefit. Okay? It's no, no, no benefit. Uh uh, no, no, it's the other way. It doesn't go down to benefit their heart. But if either but instead, if it reaches your heart, or your heart feels it, and it takes takes uh what's the word when you say something that takes like it settles and takes a position, takes it, what is the word? I forgot the word in English, but it like firmaments of get the, takes a firm standing in there like that. Rasakha fihi nefa'a. He said that if it does this, then it benefits. Okay, so you reciting all quick, there's no benefit, but you got to let it into your heart and settle. Okay, I don't like to. I, I know the word settle. That's the first thing I was thinking. I don't want to use the word settle because I don't want to say settle meaning like just settle and like sleep, but establish. Yes, establish itself. Good. Yes, to establish itself in your heart. Then this is the thing that nefa that has benefit. Okay, uh, and that's Rahul Bukhari and Muslim. Okay, this was Bukhari and Muslim narrated this from Ibn Ibn Mas'ud. All right. Uh, and the uh, the ulama or the scholars say that of the benefits or wisdoms of the Allah telling the Prophet to recite tartil and for us to do tartil is that it's 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 gives more of a chance to contemplate it deeply. And that's in Surah Al-Muzammar. He said, He said, because we're sending down upon you a heavy, heavy statement. Heavy colon thakila in the layl he ashadu wata'an wa aqwa muqila. Okay, so in the middle of the night is the best time for you to be able to take all that in and contemplate it deeply and like that. All right. So he said that that's one of the reasons, and he said it for other reasons. And it says, and this is an interesting point right here, because this is the proof that even not us, we're not supposed to be doing this. Because some people say, well, I don't understand what you're saying anyway. So I'm no. يستحب الذي لا يفهم معناه. He said, even a person who's reciting it and they don't understand the Arabic language at all. They just, uh, we, uh, my brother and I, we were just talking about the, the statement where they said the Quran is the only book that can be read and a person's not understanding what it's saying. Any other book is like, well, why would I read it if I don't understand what it's saying? You would stop. But the beauty, of, the beauty of the Quran and nature of the Quran is that there are people who they become Muslim. They can't grasp what's being said. They've read it in English, but they can't even discern this word from this word. This word. And you got to think this is way before all this stuff now where you can go to the Internet and you can tap on a word and it shows the English above it. So, you know, OK, this word means this. This word means that you can't even distinguish from the words. And still Allah allows it to go into their heart and affect them. I've watched the things where the people, they hear the Quran and they start crying and you can tell it's not fake. Like they and people talked about it. They said, I don't know what happened. I was in the Arab world and I heard something. It just made me start crying. 
that then in the Quran, people cry over, they don't understand a lick of it. It's just one of the blessings that's upon it. So the whole point is it said that even if you don't understand it, you still are supposed to recite it with tartil. Okay, because this is closer to reverencing it and giving it its proper respect. And because it affects your heart more. You don't understand anything. But what one affects your heart more? If you say, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, or if you say, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, you understand nothing. Al-Rahmanirrahim, Maliki Yawmiddin. If you do that, you say, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Rahmanirrahim, Maliki Yawmiddin, Yaqna Buddha, Yaqsalain, 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 Come on. I remember somebody explaining, they said that, that Allah threw it, and he was just explaining it like this. He says, it's like, it's like a, a wet towel, a soggy tissue. You take that and throw it back at you. Like it means nothing. And I can't tell you that's what he does, of course, but he was just describing it like that. I don't know if he has some proof that made him say that or if somebody in the past has said it, but I remember how I felt when he said it because that was back when I was a young boy. And he was like, he, he was mixed up and he's taking it. Just, it's like, it's just be, Thrown back right back in your face like a wet towel, a tissue or something. And I remember him saying that. I was with Meshed uh, and Susquehanna and Dolphin. I remember he talked about it as an old head. He was talking about it. And I was like, wow. It made me think, how do I recite the Quran? Because that was back in those days when you young boy, 19, 20, you just moved out the house. You're looking at something on cable. And between the cable, between this show and this show, yeah, it's like, okay, let me get in my mug grip. Ain't no messages or nothing around there. Let me get in my mug grip. So you go and you just, yeah, right in time for the eight o'clock show. It, like, and what did you, which, so I thought about that. I remember when he said it, because I was like, wow, I wonder if any of those salats was even accepted. And that was way before I started studying. So it just makes you think about it. But anyway, the whole point is, is that which one do you feel more? That's the question. All right. The one that's recited all quick with no feeling or the one where you at least try to put feeling in it. You don't know the difference between Malik, Yom or Deen, but you read the English and you read the Tafsir and you know that it's talking about Yom Kiyama. So you recited Malik, Yom and Deen. Now you don't even understand, but you know that's what it's talking about. So you recite it differently with respect. All right. Uh, so uh, we're going to stop right here. Um, and like I said, the whole point of all of this is application. So now take your time. And the good thing about taking your time is that you'll see where your mistakes might be and have somebody help you correct them. Listen to the tapes. Listen to Husri. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Listen to Abdul Summit, Abdul Basil Abdul Summit. All right. Listen to those guys. I encourage you to listen to those guys that are not reciting in Tarawih. Um, it's this old story, and I'm gonna close out with this when I was in Tanta. And my teacher, my Quran teacher, he said, and I don't know if it's true. I'm just telling you the rewire that he said. He said, do you know how the imams of Medina started to go into the studio and make uh, uh, Quran tapes? I said, no. He said, because they were only making tapes. Uh, people were only recording them as they were leading Salat at the Kaaba and in Medina. He said, and we uh, uh, he said that the, the tapes got back over here to Egypt. He said, and the scholars of the different uh, of, of Quran in Egypt, they listened to them and they wrote them a letter and they said to them, we advise you. He said, what you're doing is beautiful because it's in Salah. But we advise you also to do a different recording or a set, a group of recordings of Quran where you take your time with them and pay attention to Tajweed. And like this, he said, because there are many people that's going to listen to you and learn the Quran from your mouth because of your position. And then they described to them. They said, we in Egypt, 
We all have the Quran complete, herfalf. And still, when we go into the studio, one person is on the microphone reciting and at least five other scholars are sitting there with their mushafs open, checking to make sure every single thing is right because we understand that the people are going to get this and learn from it. This is the, 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 the well, I was in Tonto and the, the, the sheikh up there, he gave me this story and it always stuck out to me because I said, anytime when we were growing up as babies, all we heard was Egypt. That's the reason why we loved Egypt. Because all we knew was Egyptian scholars and the Egyptians from Eshar, the sheikhs would come and give khutbahs. And we all we knew, Minshawi, we knew Husri, we knew Abdul Basir, Abdul Summit, all Egyptian. So we fell in love when they always say Egypt is Ahlul Quran. So that's why people was like, well, I got to go to Egypt and start to go to the Quran. Because of them taking that time to go in the studio and then do that. And to this day, every time I hear Husri, I was just listening to him last night falling asleep. And every time I hear Husri, I say, subhanAllah. He's still getting rewarded in his grave, inshallah. Abdul Bass is still getting, because of what they put out, monumental. And you see now that the, the, after that, then it's the, the alhamdulillah, the imams of Medina and Mecca, they started doing the same thing. So we have, uh, Muhammad Ayyub, Allah yarhamu, Allahu Akbar. He was a major teacher to a lot of my friends when he was in, uh, in, when they were in Medina. And he was also, he led the salat and he taught the people, uh, Sudais, Shuraim, uh, Huvayfi. Uh, uh, Huvefi, he did an, a tape and uh, a set of tapes, like different people who they went in the studio and did sets of tapes to put along. So when I was doing Quran, I listened to Husri and Huvefi. Husri is from Egypt. Huvefi is from over there in Mecca, Medina, or whatever. The whole point is, is that I'm telling you people to listen to in order to be able to listen and get benefit. So go to Husri, go to Abdul Basit, go to Huvefi, go to Muhammad Ayyub and just listen to it and catch their recitation, inshallah. Okay. My man, my, 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 one of the imams over, over where we at, uh, Sheikh Saifullah, martial arts. I, I, I still to this day recite Surah Al-Qiyamah like him because he puts so much feeling in it, but I can tell that he listened to Muhammad Ayyub to get it. And he says it just like him, except he puts this feeling into it that makes you know that he feel it. Yeah. And, and he's a martial artist. Like that's what he does. He, he could kill somebody in 0.5 seconds. So you feel all of that, but feel it calming for reciting. He loves reciting Yusuf to Qiyamah. And I love listening to him to this day. Anytime I recite it, I think about him, mashallah. So the point is, is that take your time, find somebody that you love their recitation, listen to it, slow your recitation down. Because the next point that we're going to sit in the next sitting is going to show why you got to slow it down. All right, this is your brother, Ben Yusuf. Until next time, apply. Let's get these hasanat, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. <laughs>